Hello, what is up, my amazing podcast listeners? I'm Adam Steiner, and this is the podcast Builder vs. Buyer. Today, we're on episode eight, the ultimate lot selection checklist. This is a checklist that will be tools for selecting your lot, and I'm going to focus today on vacant land, not a lot that would be found in a subdivision. That will be my next episode. I think there's some nuances that uh, would be helpful to cover in there. Um, so for a brief intro, I feel like this is this is the thing I get asked most about from family and friends. I feel like we're really getting into some meat and potatoes here of practical things you can you can check and do in order to find your site. So you've got a piece of land in mind. This episode will be a brief checklist on things you could and should check for. Um, it's not intended to diagnose, treat, or cure. I'm not going to tell you whether or not you are in a floodplain or you're, or you're not. It's simply the the rocks to check under so that you can know which professionals to ask, what questions you should even ask. I feel like clients don't even know where to start in that process. So this is this is here for that. Um, a couple things too, when we get started, like what will be most helpful, um, a lot of these tools are online mapping tools, um, websites that connect you to something that has some sort of satellite image. I would say what's most helpful is get used to operating those online maps and finding your piece of land um, on that map instead of relying on the search functionality of a lot of these. Most of the search functionality is kind of rough and they can be hit or miss whether it actually find your property. So I found that to be the best. Um, second, as strange as it may be, we're going to talk about floodplains and wetlands and easements and setbacks. If if there's an issue with any one of those things, as odd as it may seem, there usually is a workaround for those. Um, just, I will warn you, the workaround is often a huge time investment and a stress investment um, and can also be a financial investment. So if if you get to a parcel and you find you have an issue um, with one of these items, you know, I would say, ask yourself, is it worth it? Are you an experienced professional that has the time and energy to dig into this and find the workaround. And even if you find the workaround, the home site may not work at the end of the day. Um, and you're willing to go through that. Great. If not, I would say look for another lot. Okay. So for starters, how to find vacant land, uh, pretty obviously you could talk to your realtor, the MLS or MLS linked sites will have a lot of these on there. Um, also a quick tip. So most um, counties will have, it is by county, will have a GIS viewer. So if you search your county and the GIS viewer, um, it will have every parcel of land in that county um, with its dimensions on there. And they are often linked to the county's assessor page. So what I find here a lot is um, the people that have, someone has listed a lot for sale by owner or a big piece of land. They, they tried to sell themselves or tried to sell to the realtor. It didn't sell and it dropped off and they just didn't feel like keeping the sign up out in the yard, but they still don't really want the piece of land. They don't really need it. Um, 
if you see something like that, this is a great resource to look it up on the GIS viewer, link it to the assess assessor's page. You can actually see who the owner is. Um, it's all public record. Their address will be on there. You could mail them a letter. Um, you could knock on the door. Please be polite if you do that. Um, and they may still want to sell. They may say no, but um, at least you tried. Um, and then also with the link to the assessor's page, the last purchase price is public record. Um, so that can be helpful. Sometimes it's not helpful if it was, you know, parceled out in the fifties and just a lot has changed since then, obviously. So, um, but something to check. Okay. The first big thing I look for, um, when you found that piece of land is buildable area. Um, again, on that GIS viewer, it will show lot dimensions, which is, which is a very helpful start, but you'll need more than that to know whether or not your home can fit on this lot. Um, what I love to rely on and you should rely on is a survey. So um, either a registered land surveyor or a civil engineering firm will sometimes have registered land surveyors uh, within their umbrella. Um, so they will mark the corners, notate any easements. Um, this is really helpful. You will also need to check with your city and county for the setback requirements for this specific site. So Easements and setbacks are different. They have different functions, but you will need to know both. Um, I'll get into easements a little bit more. I think setbacks are pretty obvious. Um, and then for buildable area, um, and with a lot of these steps as I'm covering, um, it, the big thing I want to check is a visual inspection. Um, is water draining away from where the house currently would sit. Um, it's, it's not a foolproof guide. There are things that go into whether or not this will drain in the future. If it's properly designed and it's not draining now, the house is raised up a little and it will dry and drain fine in the future. But this is a great conversation to have with your builder and or surveyor. Um, just get their opinion on it they will ultimately be the ones making that decision. So it's helpful to have both of them bought in to what you're, you're doing and want to do. On that note, is water draining away from the site? This is one of the biggest, um, we'll call it a cloud, pun intended, over um, most home sites is storm water. So storm water drainage um, is a huge factor. You get into flooding, flood insurance, all that fun stuff. The the first place I would check, and this is not foolproof. Sometimes these are outdated flood mapping changes. Um, again, consult local professionals here, but the first thing I would check is a FEMA firm. So it's a flood insurance rate map. And this is what an insurance agent will determine your um, flood insurance rate based on. So there's, it's really easy to Google when you're looking at codes and what the codes mean. Um, so I won't go into all that, but look up the flood insurance rate map, find where your parcel would be and just confirm what flood zone is currently sitting in. Again, not a foolproof way to say whether or not it'll flood, but it's a start. Um, and then there are some States will even have a more helpful tool. Indiana. I know I've done a lot of work in Indiana. They have an Indiana flood information portal. So it's the whole state satellite imagery. You can zoom in and click on a parcel and it'll um, show the zone, which corresponds to the, the FEMA firm. Um, it'll also show where the, the water 
ways are. So there's a floodway, floodplain, and flood zone. Um, a floodway is the area of a riverbank or stream that actually carries the stormwater during a big storm. That's the hardest to build in. Again, shockingly, there are workarounds here, but I'm not even going to get into them because they're so rare. Um, and then a flood plain is the area in which um, flooding will go up to during what is called a hundred year storm. And then a flood zone is then what your insurance company interprets that rate as. Um, the second thing on water and drainage is wetlands. Um, wetlands are determined by vegetation, soils, and water flow. Um, surprisingly, they move over time. Um, so it depends on where the vegetation has grown. Um, sometimes the grading can change, all that. Um, what you'll need with wetlands is to get the field delineated, and then your surveyor will mark the locations of that delineated wetland on your survey. Um, a helpful tool, the uh, Fish and Wildlife Service actually has a wetlands mapper. Um, again, same thing with the FEMA firm. This is not the gold standard. This is just a place to start um, so that you know which questions to ask. It's possible that you get to a site um, that on this mapper doesn't have any wetlands, but then we'll still, um, when you survey it or inspect it, have some delineated wetlands on it. Um, it's just the nature of the beast. Um, and then I want to cover to the access to site. This can be a tricky one. Um, so what you'll want is this parcel of land that you buy um, should have direct access to a dedicated roadway. Um, it's a little bit tricky to tell, but on the GIS viewer, you should be able to tell if the dedicated road immediately abuts that site or not. Um, if not, I would start asking some serious questions. Um, so there are times when you don't immediately abut a roadway. Um, and what you'll want to see there is some legal recorded agreement that allows an easement or access to the parcel of land you're looking for. Um, and then with the dedicated roadway, I would also check who maintains it. Is it your city? Is it your county? Or um, the third option is that an HOA will actually establish these. In the HOA, I would check for um, who is responsible to maintain that. So the roadway maintenance, you're going to need to repave it at some time. There's plowing that goes on. Um, the city and county, if it's an HOA maintained road, the city and county will not come out to do any of that stuff. That is totally on the homeowners that signed that agreement um, for that easement or piece of land. So just a heads up on that. Um, a couple other things the, that relate to utilities. Um, you'll want to see if your utilities are on site. So your city or county should have the details. Um, this includes your sanitary sewer, your water lines, um, your electric and gas, uh, if you're in an area that provides gas. Um, the responsibility is on you or, and or your builder to get it there if it's not currently there. So that's what easements are usually for. So um, if you see a utility and drainage easement, that utility line, that utility part of the easement is there for um, somebody to run a future utility line 
through that piece of land um, so that you can have access to your site. But the cost of running that line will be on you, not whosoever property you're going through. Um, and then on the sanitary sewer, if you don't have a sanitary sewer or you don't have a water service, that's okay. And most raw land I see doesn't. Um, it will mean that you'll need to have a septic field and a well. Um, just something to look out for. Those septic systems can be costly. Um, and it's not the end of the world, but it is just something to have on your radar. Um, lastly, I would check zoning. So call your city or county. Um, they will have zoning. And let me say this too, calling your city or county can be a really, really great help before we buy a piece of land. Um, they may not know anything about it, but it's possible that somebody has been trying to sell this piece for 15 years and they've worked three times to try and get a building permit. And then they find there's a big issue with it each time and the building permit lapses. Sometimes your city or county will know those stories and say, Oh, that's that piece on this road. Um, and tell you the horror story. That's a, that's a good red flag. Like, Hey, maybe, maybe we'll find another piece of land. Um, but on zoning, sorry, got a little distracted there on zoning, call your city or County. They'll usually be really helpful, um, to figure out what that zoning is. Sometimes it's the traditional R1, R2, some cities and counties got a little more specific. Um, if, if it is something that you don't recognize, um, most cities and counties will have a development ordinance posted, um, somewhere on their government website. That's a great place, place to check warning. They're wordy. They're boring. It's tough to get through them. But again, like if you're buying a piece of land and the County says, this is R2, you should know what R2 means before you purchase that parcel. Um, lastly, I'll say, so I mentioned earlier there, there's a survey you you will need to find the boundaries. Um, there's actually two types of survey. There's more than two types of survey, but two types of sur surveys you should know about here. One is a, um, the survey that marks your lot lines, easements, lot size. The other type of survey that you'll need to look into is a topographic survey. So what this does is shows the elevation of the land um, in regard to feet above sea level. I'm sure you've seen these. They've got all the squiggly lines over them. And both your builder and septic installer will need this information to properly place the home on the site. Um, so that when you pull a permit, the county or city will want to know where's the water draining. Is the home in a proper location? Is it going, is water draining toward the house or away from the house? Um, and then the septic field install is completely dedicated on elevation. So just not going to get into the nuts and bolts of that, but just, important information to know. Um, lastly, I did want to say, I know this is drinking from a fire hose. There's a lot here. I actually posted a checklist on my website, burnhamdesign.com slash resources. Uh, it's completely free download. It's just a recap of this information. So when you're looking at something, you can pull it up and have that with you. Um, as always, Thank you so much for listening. It really means a ton. I hope this information is helpful. If you have any questions, please reach out. Um, and thanks to Andrew Michael Metter for the music. I will be back Tuesday on part two, where we dive into subdivisions and all that fun stuff. So enjoy your weekend.